Do we want Pat Kane? It's Chicago Tuesday night giving us an opportunity to toss around a polarizing debate. Yes or no? Pat Kane to Buffalo. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you may be listening and wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. Search Locked On Sabres. Easiest way to get a hold of us there. Be sure to drop a comment or a like and subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel. And, of course, do the same on uh, the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may be listening. What's up? Jody Biasi on today's show at Sneaky Joe Sports at Locked On Sabres to follow us on Twitter if you want to reach out to us that way. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fans and listeners reaching out after today's episode. Let's talk a little bit. Once again, we did it in the offseason. Let's check back in Pat Kane and whether or not that is a good idea in the future for the Sabres, whether it be a trade or whether it be a free agent signing. We have this opportunity to talk a little bit about it again because it is Chicago. Sabres have the Hawks on Tuesday night at United Center in Chicago. So an opportunity to get back on the map. Uh, back in the win column against a very weak opponent. Chicago is dead last in the National Hockey League with 26 points in 41 games. They're on pace for 52 points on the season. One of the worst totals we have ever seen in the National Hockey League. A minus 60 goal differential, but we'll talk a little bit more about what they've got going on coming up on today's show. Sabres have a second of a back-to-back, meaning no lineup news. For the Sabres. Peyton Krebs, uh, recalled by Buffalo, Ukapeka Lukanen sent down. That is a paper transaction, likely meaning it will either be Craig Anderson or Eric Comrie in that in this game. My guess, which is a total guess at this point, would be that it will be Craig Anderson if you read uh, between the lines on what the Sabres scheduling has been with their goaltenders, what the rotation has been. Guessing it's going to be Craig Anderson. Maybe we'll find out by the time you're listening to this uh, just before the game starts. So, no lineup news again. Krebs, whether he goes back in or not, we'll see what the lines look like. Um, and there's no way of telling what this is going to look like because Don Granado shifted the lines against the Florida Panthers. He took Alex Tuck off the Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner line for how poor they were playing. Will he go right back to that? Will he stick with what he had with Tuck playing with Ocposo um, and Cousins? And, you know, Thompson was playing with Skinner and was Asplund up with that line. Like, he was doing a lot of crazy things in terms of the line combination. So, uh, we'll see, I guess, on the Sabres in terms of the lineup. We'll talk about the Hawks lineup in just a little bit here. We do have news on their goaltender and what their lineup, their lines are going to look like. And then our bets of the night. I got my bets of the night coming a little bit later on. My three favorite bets. How much the Sabres are favored by in this game. Uh, keep Stick around for that. Let's start with Pat Kane, though. This is more of an off-season topic. It could be an in-season topic. I just don't think it is for the Sabres. Now, to bring you up to date on where we are with Patrick Kane, we're really no further along than we were at the beginning of the season. He is seemingly available, but nobody has definitively said that he is available. Um, It's no Elliot Friedman report of, oh, he could be had for the right price. There is constant wonder 
of uh, what's going to happen with Kane. And the the feeling I get just from reading between the tea leaves, Friedman, Merrick, uh, Saravelli, what all these insiders are saying is that I wonder if Kane is going to be traded right at the deadline. He had an injury uh, a couple of weeks ago and needed some things cleaned up. Uh, and I think actually he's expected to be out of tonight's lineup. No, he's back in the lineup. Um, but anyways, he had an injury that he was dealing with. So maybe not fully healthy and playing through it a little bit. Um, and with Stanley Cup contenders out there, always willing to pay, overpay uh, at the deadline. I My guess is that Kane is going to get dealt this year. And then we'll head to unrestricted free agency and the summer. And that's where I think the games begin. That's where I think it begins at least with the Sabres in mind. I don't think at all they're going to trade for him. Just no way. For what Chicago would be asking for, I have to guess they're going to want a first-round pick. You know, there's going to be some emotional uh, ties from Kane and Chicago, which is going to maybe cause the price to be a little bit higher. But he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. And this is not me endorsing this as an idea, but if the Sabres are going to get Patrick Kane, do it in the offseason. Do not acquire him. Do not spend a first-round pick. Do not give up whatever it would cost when there is a chance he could leave for nothing after the season. And to be frank, this isn't saying much, but the Sabres are not in a Stanley Cup window yet. They are competing for a playoff spot. They're hanging around. They're at 44 points. They're six points back of Pittsburgh. They do have a game in hand, so they could close that gap to four by winning their game in hand, um, which I believe could happen tonight. But um, no way. No way, like a team like Boston maybe does that, or Toronto, or Carolina, Jersey, someone that is really pushing to win big in the postseason. And that is not going to happen with the Sabres. If they miraculously get in, they go on this amazing run, and they they just take the, the league by storm, win over the city of Buffalo, and make it they probably lose to Boston in the first round. This is, it's too early. I, I, we don't need to say it in more detail. It's too early uh, for a, a Kane type trade. What about in the off season? I don't like this as an idea. There are, there's plenty of evidence out there that this player is not the offensive playmaker that he once was. Uh, you look at a lot of his shot share numbers and expected goals for, he's a horrible player in his own end defensively at this point in his career. He's almost a non I mean, he's a he's a net zero almost in the defensive zone at this point. Can he still put up points? Yes. But, come on, the Sabres team was second in the NHL in goal scoring. Uh, and he's got 28 points in 38 games this year, so it's not horrible, but it's not that good. Um, I don't think that he solves a problem for the Sabres. To me, I, I wonder if it will happen, though. I will give credence to the idea that it could actually happen. It's not my least favorite idea in the world, because I'll put it this way. I think if they spend eight, nine million dollars on Pat Kane on a three, four year deal, there are 50 things I think they could do, at least that they could do better with that amount of money. But are they going to spend that money if it's not going to be spent on Patrick Kane? Because at this moment, they're a cap floor team they do not spend to the cap they are tens and tens of millions of dollars below the salary cap they clearly don't want to be a cap spending team until they get good and I think there are financial reasons for that I think the fact that the ticket uh sales have been down for this team for the past two years it plays into that 
looking at the state of the arena. That's going to need uh, a ton of, of makeover at some point in time here. I think financially, the Sabres don't make a move like that in terms of spending that amount of money unless the owner gets talked into it. And the owner can be talked into things. Don't get me wrong. I think the owner was probably talked into Taylor Hall as an idea. It sounded like the Sabres would be working with an internal cap going into the COVID shortened year. And then all of a sudden, Taylor Hall's a Buffalo Sabre. Number one free agent on the market. How did that happen? Well, it seems like Ralph Kruger convinced Terry Pagula, this is a good idea. We can win, and we could win right now if we do this. And there's that Beyond Blue and Gold clip from a couple of years ago where Terry's saying, hey, we don't even, not just playoffs, we could be thinking about the cup if we sign Taylor Hall. That type of convincing, I think, could take place with the owner when it comes to Patrick Kane. Now, here's the thing, though. I have enough faith in the Sabres organization, whether it's Kevin Adams or more so the data-driven decision makers below him, like Jason Carmanos, Jesse Ventura, and all the analytics staff that are below them that I think are really, really pushing this organization forward right now when it comes to the front office. They're not going to be making that that case. None of them, in my mind, are going to be thinking, oh yeah, Patrick Kane, unless they have models that are just so drastically different than what you see out there in the public. There's no way Ventura, Carmanos, anyone below them are going to tell Terry Pagula we should sign t- uh, Patrick Kane and spend $8 million on it. I wonder if this is an idea that could come from Terry, though. Could Terry Pagula love the idea of Patrick Kane? Because the bi- could the could the business end of the operation say, hey, if we're not spending this $8 million on anything else, and we're not going to because we're going to be at the floor again, well, we'll make more than $8 million on ticket sales and Jersey sales. Like we, our revenue will go higher than $8 million by signing him. Is there a business element that comes into play and whether or not to sign Patrick Kane? And that might come down to, okay, if you tell me he's on the team and I'm not going to do anything else with that money, I guess I'd rather have him than not have anything. And if there's business reasons for it, that to me is how it happens. To me, how it happens is there are business reasons to do it. And that is combined with the fact that you weren't going to do anything with the money anyway. So it's like, you know, it's, it's free. It's, it's like, it's free money basically. And it's a player that I do not think is a, a substantial offensive impact player like he used to be. But that being said, I do think he would help this team, right? Like you just added him and didn't, didn't lose anything else. They're better. Right? Like, they're better. The guy had 92 points last year. And that might have been a little bit inflated because of ice time and and power play and whatnot. But he had 92 points last year. So that's where I stand on Kane. I'm not going to blast them for signing Patrick Kane if they do it. I don't think it's a very good idea. But I can see it happening. And we'll maybe come down to whether or not... uh, It's going to come down to two things. Whether or not the owner really wants to do it and pushes for it. And two, whether Pat Kane wants to do it. Because I don't even know if Patrick Kane's going to want to do it. He might want to go win a cup at the end. He might not want to come back to Buffalo. He hasn't been coming back in the summers in the past couple of years. Uh, maybe for good reason. But I don't know. That's where I stand on Kane. I think it could happen in the offseason, and it will be started uh, at the in the owner's box. Or in the owner's – yeah, in the owner's box. This year, again, 28 points in 38 games. From the lineup I'm looking at, he's expected to be in the lineup uh, in tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. All right, uh, again, no Sabres lineup, so we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back. We'll tell you about the rest of the Chicago lineup. And so 
amazing stats on how bad Chicago has been and just looking at their individual numbers. You'll you'll understand what I mean when we come back. And then we got some uh, we got some betting stuff coming later too. Here on the Locked On Sabers podcast, we're brought to you by athletic greens i take the drops i put one drop in my water every day it gives me all the vitamins and minerals that i need one delicious scoop of ag1 to make the shakes you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all the things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting great. Shakes taste great, drops you don't even notice. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we do not get that much sunlight. We've seen it here in Buffalo, like maybe two of the last 21 days, I believe I saw. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your coffee habit. It's cheaper than getting all your different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right. What are the Hawks got going on? Sabres in Chicago, Tuesday night at 8.30. Should have said that, by the way. 8.30 puck drop if you're looking for the game with it being in the central time zone. Chicago's horrible. No way around it. Worst team in hockey. It's them and the Ducks. They are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, the the new McDavid, the new generational talent in this year's draft. Chicago is gunning for him. They are in full-blown tank mode. And we're in an era now where that is hard. It's going to be like 18% chance to get the first overall pick. So more likely than not, even if they finish last, of course, they will not get Connor Bedard by a mile. But this was the move, if you were Chicago, for the last five years This was the move. It took them five years to get to the right move. Their core had aged out. Marion Hosa retired. Brent Seabrook retired. Duncan Keith was over the hill. And Taze and Kane took steps back from just superstars to stars. And when they took that step back from superstars to stars, they were no longer capable of lifting up the rest of the team. So they've had nothing to work with. Desperation trades like Marc-Andre Fleury, like Seth Jones, didn't work, and now they finally realize, okay, we got to blow it up. And they did. And now they're the worst team in hockey. And I must say, for all of the, the, the sexual misconduct investigations that went on last year and how seriously fans took that and how unseriously Chicago took that, Rocky Wirtz, the chairman of Chicago, the comments he made after the fact, wanting to just skip past it like nothing happened only weeks after that investigation had happened, Last season, um, I it, it is it was disgusting what happened in Chicago. Um, and to, to Kyle Beach, remember uh, the, the player's name? I should I should mention here if you're forgetting what the sexual assault allegations were, uh, investigation and what that brought apart in Chicago last year. The, the comments by Rocky Wirtz, though, after like to me, that is why they are the easiest team in hockey to root against. There's nothing to do even with their logo if you want to do that, but Rocky Wirtz 
what he said after that, it was disgusting. It was despicable um, to basically want to skate past it like nothing happened. And he is still chairman of that organization, which makes it very easy for me to root against that team. I love seeing that team at the basement, and I will be rooting hard against them at the NHL draft lottery uh, for them to not get Connor Bedard. So good that Chicago is at the bottom of the NHL, and I hope the Sabres beat them by 50 in this game. Their leading goal scorer, by the way, this year, their leading point getter this year, Max Domi with 30 30 points in 41 games. They have one player that is on a 60-point pace, and that is Max Domi. For comparison, Tage Thompson got to his 30th point on December 1st, 47 days ago. The Sabres had a player get to 30. Chicago just had a player get to 30. Their roster is horrid from top to bottom. And looking at their lines, Uh, in this game against the Sabres. The top line is Max Domi centering Patrick Kane and Tyler Johnson. That's right, cap dump from Tampa in the offseason. Second line, Jonathan Taze, Taylor Radish, and Philip Kurashev. Third line, Sam Lafferty, Andre Satanasiu, very fast player. Know him over the years from his time in Edmonton and Detroit uh, and other teams. Jason Dickinson on the third line as well. Fourth line, guys you have never heard of. Mackenzie Entwistle? Nope. Colin Blackwell, okay, that name sounds a little familiar, but there's been like 10 Blackwells in the NHL, haven't there? And then Reese Johnson, maybe it's Reese Johnson. It's spelled like Reese, so I'm going to make him the candy bar. Reese Johnson. Then the defense, Seth Jones and Jake McCabe on the top pair. Got to feel bad for Jake McCabe, though, right? I mean, I said this about Ristolainen last week when the Sabres played the Flyers. Jake McCabe went through it here in Buffalo. He never was on a good team. He was never on a winner. The guy always put in a thousand percent effort. He was throwing himself in front of shots to block them, always getting injured because he was putting his body on the line. He was a leader in that room when maybe there weren't many leaders in that room. So very likable player, Jake McCabe. And it sucks. I feel feel bad, right? Because he leaves Buffalo thinking, oh, finally, I get to go to a team. I could win, make the playoffs, do something competitive. And he's on the worst team in hockey again. So maybe it's a curse, but uh, here's to hoping Jake McCabe gets himself to a competitive team. He, by the way, is somebody that is talked about in the trade market. We don't bring him up here because it would feel weird going back to that. I mean, he already, you know, has been on the Sabres and I mean, he's, we know what kind of player he is, right? He's not that great a player and I don't love the contract. He's got three years left at $4 million, whatever. The Sabres aren't near the cap. Maybe somebody does that and saves Jake McKay, but otherwise he's trapped on a very bad team for the next three seasons. So he's on their top pair with Seth Jones, who's been a bust of a player since they traded all those first-round picks to get him. Second pair, Jack Johnson, maybe the worst defenseman in hockey, with Connor Murphy. Third pair, Caleb Jones and Isaac Phillips. And then in net, it'll be Peter Mrazek uh, for the Chicago, uh, for the Hawks. So, Mrazek, by the way, this year, an 875 save percentage. This is, even though, I'll say it, even though it's on the road and on a back-to-back, this is the easiest game of the season for the Sabres so far. With that, with them being on the road and with them, um, and with them playing on a back-to-back, this, to me, is the easiest game of the year. Mrazek, by the way, who is starting a net, of 68 goalies that qualify, have uh, started at least 10 games this year. Goals saved above expected. Mrazek ranks 65th out of 68. You're playing a horrible goal 
goaltender. You're playing a terrible team that is horrible at on the blue line, horrible up front. Leading point getter is, is at 30 points. This should be a win for the Sabres. It will be embarrassing, more embarrassing than when they lost to Philly last week. That was home, and that was not on a back-to-back, but I'm saying that this game will be more embarrassing if they do not win it than the game against Philadelphia. So, what does it look like in the odds, you might be asking? How much of a favorite are they? Are they the biggest favorite of the year? We'll answer those questions when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. When we do that, we will head over to betonline.net. Betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting information this football playoff season, this hockey season, basketball season. March Madness is uh, is on its way in just a little bit. Betonline.net, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Speaking of BetOnline, let's head over to BetOnline to look at some of the odds for tonight's game against the against Chicago and also uh, my three favorite bets of the night. So that is all coming your way uh, in just a matter of moments. And we'll start with the money line. The Sabres are minus 181. This is the third most they've been favored by all season. So not the most. I think they should be favored by more, which might tell you I would take the money line in this game for the Sabres at minus 181. I usually hate minus bets, but I'm on it. Minus 181 for the Sabres. Chicago, a plus 163 underdog on the money line at home. Puck line. Sabres minus a goal and a half at plus 136. I love the puck line. I would actually not bet the money line because I do love the puck line, but it's not one of my three bets of the night. Chicago at plus one goal and a half. So to lose by one or win, Chicago is at minus 156. The over-under tonight is six and a half, and that is my first bet of the night. I am on the under at six and a half goals in this one. And it mostly has to do with Chicago's lack of ability to score goals. Uh, Craig Anderson is my guess who's going to start tonight. He's got some good numbers on the year. The most consistent Sabres goalie throughout the season. Well-rested. has had a week off here. So, I'd be on the under six and a half. And I've also been fading the public on a lot of my bets recently. And 97% of the money is on the over in this game. 97%. And I'm someone that, you know what? I'm going to side with the books. They're the ones making money. They can't be wrong all the time when they're at 95 plus percent. So I've been siding with the books. They want the over in this game. That's or the under in this game. And that is where I'm turning under Six and a half goals and minus 104 is my first bet of the night. Then we head down to some prop bets. One of my favorite prop bets for today, my second bet of the night, Dylan Cousins, plus 275 to score a goal in this game. Nice long shot odd. He's been getting a lot of chances, still on the power play unit. I got Cousins a plus 275. And then my third bet of the night is one that is similar to what I had last week with Connor Hellebuck. I've got Peter Morazic at over 28 and a half saves at minus 117. Here's why. I don't expect Morazic to have a good game. I don't. But the Sabres are going to get 30 plus shots in this game in their sleep. I mean, this Chicago team, it gives up tons and tons and tons of chances and, and shots on goal. So I think the Sabres are going to come in around 35 to 40 shots on goal, maybe even higher. And at that point, Look at what the margin of error is for Mrazek. 
I mean, he could let in four, five, six goals in this game, and I could still very easily see him getting over 28 and a half saves. I, I have not seen the odds reflect the 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 shots on goal that the Sabres have had this year. Um, so I think that this is somewhere where you can maybe gain an edge watching these games and kind of being ahead of the curve. Uh, I'm over 28 and a half saves on Peter Mrazek. The only, honestly, my biggest worry is just that he gets pulled. That the Sabres lighting him up, score five goals in the first period, and boom, his night is over and you lose. Honestly, that's my biggest worry. But, you know, what do, what do goalies get pulled? Like 8% of the time? 2% of the time? Whatever that number is. So three bets of the night. Sabres, Blackhawks, under 6.5. Uh, Dylan Cousins to score at plus 275. And then Peter Mrazek at over 28.5 saves. Those are my bets of the night over at Bet Online, And that is going to do it for us today on the Locked on Sabres podcast. So thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day. Enjoy the game, and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Sabres.